Welcome to Jumpstart Business Builders. My name is Deanna and I am your business coach. At Jumpstart Business Builders, we are giving small business owners the tools to grow a six-figure business through basic business development, marketing and sales strategy, and so many more future growth tools. When you have a plan to launch and grow your business, you will generate six figures in revenue and dispel the myth that you are two to three years away from getting a paycheck. This is where the foundations of a new, struggling, or aspiring business owner begins. At Jumpstart Business Builders, your success is our business. Welcome back to the podcast this week. I am Deanna. I am your business coach. And once again, so excited to be back here today to talk about how to write an effective business summary or an executive business summary. And I know this seems like it's kind of a boring topic, but if we reflect back on the last podcast episode on your mission and your vision and your core values, this session is going to align so much with what you learned last week. So if you did not listen to last week's session, I want you to go back and learn first about the most important thing that you can do in your business right now to make sure that you're setting your business up for success. But as promised last week, we talked about the mission and the vision and the core values of your business. We're going to emphasize that a little bit more through your executive business summary. So you do need an effective business summary, and there are many reasons for having this completed. So generally speaking, I have my clients complete this first so that it again serves as a filter for making your business decisions. Like you cannot make good business decisions if you do not know what your business is all about. Again, that starts with your mission and your vision and your core values. So you can backtrack to last week's episode. It was so good and inspiring. And if you're just struggling to get your business up and running and to reach that first $100,000, I think that episode alone will help you make some pretty big strides in your business. But again, we have this podcast as well as our blog as a resource and a tool for those that can't afford a business coach. And so again, I remember what this is like, you guys. I remember what it was like to say, I could have made my first $100,000 business like in a fraction of the time. Instead, it took me like 10 years to figure it out because I was learning everything for free on the internet, which is okay, absolutely. Like you can do the same thing. Um, But my time wasn't maximized, right? Like if I would have invested in somebody to help me get there faster, I can just tell you I would have gotten there so much faster. But I did take the slow route and now I utilize these free resources to help you get there faster as well. I know you probably, if you don't have the money for a business coach, like it is what it is, right? Like, but you need the skills to grow your business and that's what we are passionate about doing. Uh, We also mentioned last week that we have our new 12-part coaching series coming out. It will be 90 days to your first $100,000. Like in 12 weeks, we are going to help you to lay a foundation for your business. And I can just tell you right now, every business that is struggling is going to be able to afford this program. If you're a brand new business, this is going to give you the platform that you need. You can go grab it, all these other straws if you want to, but we're going to lay it out in 12 weeks and help you literally launch your $100,000 business in 90 days. So it's been proven over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And we're going to give you the secrets. So uh, for now, stay tuned on that. In the meantime, we're going to help you today with writing your executive summary. Uh, It's a boring topic, but here's the thing. Will you just like humor me for a minute? I know this sounds boring, but we can't skip it. 
I would love to just talk about the mindset that you should be in today, but it is so important that we talk about this and that we don't skip this section um, out of fear that it's just super boring. So I hope that that actually like triggers you even more. When something sounds like it's going to be super boring, it's because you probably really, really, really need to make sure that you have this for your business. So writing an executive business summary is one of the first steps that you take before you even start a new business. And I know maybe you're like a solopreneur and you're like, I never did that. Well, if you're struggling right now in your business or you're having a hard time getting your feet on the ground, like to get your business up and running, it's probably because you skipped the executive summary. Like this part is so critical. So an executive summary can effectively communicate the key points of your business to executives, to investors, to stakeholders. It, it literally serves as an overall summary to your business plan. Like maybe you're gonna need a loan for your business. It also provides a sense of direction for you as a leader in your company, as the business owner, for your managers, for your other leaders that, that are working under you. It, it provides a sense of direction. And like I just said, it's not uncommon for small business owners to skip these steps that are leading up to a good business plan. Just like last week we talked about, business owners oftentimes skip the mission and the vision and the core values and really establishing those things. That all plays right into your executive summary. And to be fair, many small business owners actually skip this too. So I'm gonna tell you, if you are trying to grow a $100,000 business, you have to have this. You have to have it. Like you could probably whittle your way to $100,000, magically speaking. Um, as a matter of fact, I did have a client who, who reached her first half a million dollars in revenue without ever having a mission or a vision. But I want to tell you that she is not the norm. Okay, that particular client came out of corporate and had a ton of networks and connections that needed her services right off the bat. So uh, she kind of came from a little bit of a different position. So she did reach a half a million, but I'm going to tell you, she wasn't going any further than that without a mission or a vision. And she identified that and realized that she was going to be stuck there if she didn't start taking these steps towards a solid business plan and the efforts that go behind a business plan. So it is a costly mistake. Like if you're, if you are going to skip the mission and the vision and the core values and the executive summary in your business, just mark my words right now, like you'll get a year down the road, 18 months down the road, you're nearly closing your business and you're going to be like, so my coach Deanna once said that many small business owners skip this step and I should probably go back to it. So just do it now, like save yourself the time. I want you to do it right now. Writing your executive summary should be your number one priority. Okay, your executive summary clearly outlines your organization's details and goals. It's going to provide the leadership with a sense of direction. It's going to provide you with long-term growth and sustainability. Uh, strategically, it's going to provide that for you. Again, I know it can be intimidating. So since business plans can be intimidating, executive summaries can be intimidating, kind of laying some of this groundwork can be daunting. So I developed these steps to help you identify the most important aspects of your business plan. There are more. I want you to know this just right up front. This is not an entire executive summary, but it will get your business off the ground, okay? Like if you're just trying to get things moving, this is a great place to start. So you're gonna go ahead and kick off with these few steps. And these few steps are going to set your business up for growth and sustainability. So the first thing that you are going to do, remember last week we talked mission, vision, core values. Yes, that too, right? We're going to get there here in just a second. But before you even do any of that, 
you actually need to identify your target audience. So before you begin writing your executive summary, like don't even write anything yet, I want you to consider who is my ideal customer. Do they have a need for my products and services? Like, will they pay for my products and services, right? Like, you need to spend some time with those ideal customers and getting to know them. And, you know, and you need to step outside of your family and your best friends, okay? Because your family and your best friends are going to lie to you. And they're going to tell you, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But when you ask them if they will pay $199 for it, they're probably going to be like, well, I mean, because we're friends, will you give it to me for free? That happens. So here's the thing, like, spend some time getting to know your target audience that's not very close to you. I want you to identify what their problem is, like what is the great need for your products or services and are they willing to pay for it? So in this section, before you really start your executive summary or kick it off, you're gonna highlight the target market and the customers by clearly defining who the customers are, what their problem is, or what the pain point is that they're experiencing as it relates to your products and services. So again, are they trying to lose weight? Do they need a gluten-free diet? Are they trying to make money in their business? Are they trying to learn how to make uh, jewelry that works for babies that are teething? <laughs> like whatever it is, like are they trying to get the baby to stop crying? What is the problem that they have in the pain point as it relates to your product or service? You need to identify this. This has to be so clear. If this isn't clear from here on out, just like bag the whole business, okay? You need to outline the main characteristics of your ideal buyer. Think demographics too, like age, gender, uh, where do they live? What are their finances? Like, what does their financial situation look like? Are they like really broke and dirt poor, yet you're going to try to sell them a product for $52,000? Like what? I mean, that was like astronomical in an example there, but I hope you see what I'm saying there. You need to identify that. I'll tell you about a client that we had that opened up a direct primary care clinic. And direct primary care is a, a form of primary health care that does not generally, I'm going to say generally speaking, accept insurance. Uh, they can provide codes and, and help you to submit to your insurance separately. But ideally, most commonly, the primary care industry is a membership-based primary care service, okay? So they're going to charge you a flat monthly membership fee, and then you can get unlimited primary care appointments. I'm saying that like across the board, if you were to actually look these up, they all have a little bit of a different strategy for their business, but that is for the most part how it works. So we worked with a client to open up their direct primary care clinic here locally. And one of the things that this client discovered in their feasibility study was that cost is an issue for their target market. So their ideal customer, the ideal person that is going to come to them is generally making under $60,000 a year. So they had to take that into consideration as they compared the average monthly membership rates to the market. And they created a monthly membership package and plan that fit the mold of that ideal market. And they are thriving. They are doing well. And it is not hard to find their target client. So their target client is coming in the door. It's no problem. That's just an example. But you need to outline the main characteristics of your ideal buyer. And when you know these things about your ideal buyer, it's going to help you to create marketing and sales language and strategies that are specifically curated for that client, okay? 
end this section of identifying your target audience with an explanation of how your business is going to reach and attract the identified target market and how it differentiates itself from its competitors. Those two things are very important to to connect with. Again, an explanation of how your business is going to reach and attract the identified target client. That's your marketing and sales strategy. Like, how are you going to attract them to you? How are you going to reach them? And how will and how does this differentiate itself from your competitors? Like, what are your competitors doing? Go identify what your competitors are doing. Is what they're doing working? And how can you model that and make it your own? Okay, again, if you are stuck on how to identify your target market, be sure to jump over to our website, jumpstartbb.com and download the six steps to your six-figure business. And you will discover an exercise here that's actually gonna walk you all the way through that, like identifying who your target market is, what those demographics are, so that you can be so specific that you've nailed the right person here. And that's gonna help you when you start to curate all of your marketing language, which is time consuming. So you don't wanna have to keep repeating that over and over and over again. So just identify who your client is or who your customer is first before you do anything else. Okay, let's go into the overview of your small business executive summary. This is broken down into five parts. This is how I do it. I know that you could probably find places that do it slightly different, but I have watched this work for businesses that are in the millions, okay? So I have narrowed this down to make it as simple as possible so that you don't have to feel overwhelmed by 300 pages of a business plan and going, where on earth do I start with this thing? Okay, so once you understand your ideal customer, writing your executive business summary, writing this overview is going to be so much easier. The five steps that we're going to cover today is your mission, your vision, your core values. We're going to add two more. I know we talked about those a little bit last week, your elevator pitch and your tagline. So I'm going to briefly just touch on mission, vision, and core values because we did a whole session on that last week. And you can go back to last week's session to gain some more insight on that. But your mission is an aim for purpose in your small business. It's a very concise statement. It explains the purpose of your business as it relates to what you sell, who it's for, and how it transforms your customer's life. I would also make sure that it includes how you do it. If you are providing a specific product, I want you to make sure that that specific product is mentioned. If it's a service, I want you to make sure that it's mentioned. Like make sure that all of these components are in that mission statement, but that it's concise and explains the purpose of your business. It contains what you sell, who it's for, and how it transforms your customer's life. The vision communicates your why in business. It's a brief statement that expresses your company's aspirations, the strategic goals, the plans for the future. It communicates what you are going to achieve through your business. And so again, this is a very concise statement. Make sure it's very clear and it shows what you're going to achieve through your business. Like what is your business going to experience because you lived out the mission. If you have a vision statement for your customers as well, what are your customers going to experience? What is gonna be the outcome in their lives? Like that statement needs to clearly identify the transformational statement so that they can understand how your business is going to help them, how your products and services are going to affect them. Okay, next, your core values is what allows you to make an impact with your small business. So remember here, you're going to identify your fundamental beliefs 
of your company or your organization. And so typically I recommend that business owners or leaders of a company should identify at least three to five values that the company lives by. I wouldn't do more than that because people will hold your feet to the fire. Like if you put 20 values out there, like you also need to live by those values. So keep it simple to the three to five that your business lives by the most and and does it very naturally. However, you could even challenge yourself with one or two of those by identifying a value that describes who you would like to become as an organization. And when you plant that core value that that displays what you would like to become as a company, it allows your company to start driving people and start driving the leaders towards that value, which is a little bit more growth-minded than just this is who we already are and we're going to live in this space. So I hope that makes sense. Don't feel too afraid to pick one or two that don't come supernatural yet, but you desire to move towards that direction in core values. Here's what's more important though. Values are more than just words that are posted on a picture in the lobby or on a poster in the lobby of your organization. The values of a company are actionable. They're lived out naturally throughout the culture of your business. And this is why maybe having one or two that you don't naturally live by, but you desire to become that value in your business is going to help you to establish the future culture of your business as well. So think core values here as in making an impact with your small business. So if we are writing an overview of your small business executive summary, we have started with your mission, your vision, your core values. Remember, we identified your target market first, though. Who is your client? Who is your customer? And then we moved into identifying your mission, your vision, and your core values. I have an addition of these final two pieces here. You need to introduce your business and communicate your business. So important. But you need to do that consistently. There is nothing worse than walking up to somebody and saying, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a nurse. Or what do you do for a living? I work at Olive Garden. I'm a, I'm a server there. What do you do for a living? I'm a teacher. Boring. Y'all like boring. Seriously. If somebody said, Deanna, what do you do? If they said, hey, Coach Deanna, what do you do for a living? Do you want to know what my answer is? Hey, you know how most new and startup businesses are really struggling to make their first $100,000 in revenue? Well, we give our clients a 90-day plan to generate their first $100,000 in revenue and dispel the myth that they are two to three years away from a paycheck. What? Like, that's so different. You know what I could have said? Hey, Deanna, what do you do for a living? I'm a business coach. Who cares? There's like a million business coaches out there, right? But every business coach does something different. Do you see the difference here in that elevator pitch? That elevator pitch just sold an experience. It didn't just tell them I'm a business coach. It, it shared an experience that you are going to experience when I'm coaching you. Maybe they need my services, maybe they don't, but they might know somebody that does, right? So because I was so clear in that, because I was so clear that we help people find their first $100,000 in revenue and dispel the myth that they are two to three years away from a paycheck, the next time that they hear somebody say like, you know, our sales are way down, we're just not making any money, like I haven't been able to pay myself in six months, they're gonna be like, oh my gosh, Deanna, this Deanna, she's a business coach and this is what she does. Like it needs to be memorable, right? Don't introduce your business 
with I am a nurse, a coach, a financial counselor, a therapist. Never say that. Never. Take it out of your language right now. Instead, an elevator pitch is going to communicate the most important details about your business in less than 30 seconds. I don't know. You guys might have to go back and time me. I don't know if mine's right at 30 seconds, but it should be pretty close to that. You only capture your audience's attention or who you're talking to for just a few seconds. I mean, long gone are the days that great grandpa's fried chicken recipe is like the thing that holds up the restaurant, okay? People like don't even care anymore. They need an experience. They need you to solve their problem. They need you to tell them how you are going to alleviate their pain with what you do. You're going to make their life better, okay? And like great grandpa's old fried chicken recipe doesn't transform their lives, Like it doesn't make them drive 22 miles out of their way to stop at your restaurant, but you give them an experience that will last a lifetime that will transform their lives. I'm going to tell you, they will go 22 miles out of their way for great grandpa's old fashioned 100 year old fried chicken recipe. Don't sell that recipe to get people in the door, sell the experience. So it should clearly identify this elevator pitch. It should clearly identify the ideal customer, the problem or pain that they experience as it relates to your products and services. And it should end with the transformation that your customer is going to experience after using your products or services. That's three parts, three sentences, you guys. Three sentences. Identify the ideal customer. So you remember what I said there. We're gonna look back at my elevator pitch here. You know how most startup businesses are struggling to identify their first $100,000 in revenue. My ideal customer is startup business owners, struggling business owners, aspiring business owners. There's a lot of people that can fall under that category. The problem and pain that they experience is that they struggle to find their first $100,000 in revenue. And if I'm just being honest here, that first $100,000 in revenue is the game changer to a moving past side hustle or passion project into an actual real life business. So the problem they're experiencing is that they are just spinning their wheels. Like they cannot find that first $100,000 in their business. The transformation that they are going to experience is they are going to generate a plan to grow a $100,000 business in 90 days and dispel the myth that they are two to three years away from a paycheck, which is the most important thing to a brand new startup business owner. Business owners are always starting their businesses thinking, I'm going to start paying myself the big bucks, right? And it just never happens that way. So we do want to maximize that and give you like the best plan forward as quickly as possible and get you on the road to success. And our goal is to have you doing that in 90 days. Every single client we have worked with has found $100,000 in their business. Every single business I have started on my own has generated $100,000 in revenue in 90 days. Can I explain what that means really quick? Because I know some of you are like, that sounds too good to be true. Like how on earth did you get $100,000 in 90 days? Notice I said that I generated $100,000 in revenue in the first 90 days of using the plan that we set our customers up with, that we set our clients up with. What that means is that we have signed contracts or committed sales or whatever that looks like to have a $100,000 year in business. Our goal for our clients is to generate that in the first 90 days, okay? All right, I digressed for a second. That's your elevator pitch. Now let's talk about your tagline. This is how you are going to communicate your business, okay? 
you need to be able to communicate what you do, how you do it, and who it's for in five to seven words. I know this sounds impossible, but it's not. Like I want you to go to a bunch of different uh, businesses that you love, and I want you to read what their tagline is on their website, on the header. I want you to go to their header, and I want you to see if it passes the grunt test, right? This is what Donald Miller calls it. He says passing the grunt test. When you get to their website and you just look at the header and you just read the header, can you identify what they do, how they do it, who it's for, and how to buy it before you even leave the header. This is what I mean by a tagline that communicates your business. Your tagline is short, it's memorable, it makes your brand recognizable, it's gonna be easily differentiated from your competitors. Like this one statement is going to differentiate you from somebody who sells or does the same exact thing that you do. Ideally, it's five to seven words. Like stick with that max. Do not make this a whole paragraph, as tempting as it may be. People need to be able to memorize this. It needs to be that recognizable. In this statement, it should be able to be used apart from your main marketing channels. And what I mean by that is this statement should be able to stand alone on a business card. Like a possible customer should be able to come pick up that business card and have an idea of what your business is based on these five to seven words. If you can get it into three words, that's even better. Remember that direct primary care service that I was telling you about just a little while ago? Their tagline is leading you to better health. So simple. So simple. Like if I see Rise Direct Primary Care, I'm gonna give you their name. Uh, Rise Direct Primary Care is located here in Casper. There's a free plug for Rise Direct Primary Care. Casper, Wyoming, they are currently accepting new memberships. Sorry, there wasn't supposed to be a plug for them, but if I see Rise Direct Primary Care on a business card and leading you to better health, I have an idea of what this business is. Then I can flip over the card and I see, you know, Dr. Kerr's name, I see their phone number, I see their website. And then of course, if I go to their website, I need to know how to do business with them like that. I need to pass that grunt test, right? I, in that main header, I need to know exactly what they do, how they do it, who they help and how to buy it right away. So that's what I mean by this statement should be able to stand alone. It should be able to stand alone on a flyer, on a business card, on a t-shirt, on a coffee mug, like whatever you wanna put this on, it should be able to stand alone and tell your target market what you do. They shouldn't have to ask a million questions to figure that out. So how do you know that your tagline can stand alone? In just five to seven words, your target consumer really should be able to identify what kind of business you are at the very least, at the very least, okay? I have picked up business cards sometimes. I'm like, I have no idea what this is. I can't even figure out why I need to go to your website. I have no idea what you do, how you do it, who it's for. Simply a tagline can give me just enough information to get me to your website, believe it or not. So again, the tagline should be able to stand apart. So we have talked about identifying your target audience. That's the very first thing that you can do. Remember, I'm breaking down an executive summary in such a way that you don't feel overwhelmed or intimidated by starting this process. So the first thing you were going to do was identify your target audience. If you need to go back and listen to the things that you need to do there, do that. Also download our free PDF, Six Steps to Your Six-Figure Business on our website at jumpstartbb.com. 
The second thing that we helped you with was to create an overview of your small business executive summary in five steps. Remember, that was your mission, your vision, your core values, your elevator pitch, and your tagline. These things are gonna say so much about your business and create an amazing filter for your business and speak a language to investors and stakeholders that speak consistency and clarity, okay? The last thing that you need to do is to describe your products and services what on earth do you sell? <laughs> this part's fun. Your products and services are the solution that literally solves your customers' problems or alleviates their pain point. It transforms their lives for the better. So the big question really is, what on earth do you sell? Like, what are you selling? Having a product or a service to sell is literally going to be the lifeline of your business. It's the only way to generate cash flow into your business. So think of your cash flow as the fuel to your business operations. In this section of your executive business summary, explain what products or services the business offers and highlight its unique selling points or competitive advantages in this section of your executive summary. Here are a few things that you should highlight in regards to your products or your services as it relates to your executive summary. So if you're thinking investors or shareholders or angel investors, like if they are coming to invest in your business in some way, shape or form, they're gonna need to know these few things before they can make a wise decision in investing in your business. So I have a list of five things here that you should highlight in regards to your products or services. The pricing structure. Like, do you have a three-tiered pricing? Do you have an entry level that's free? Is there a middle of the road pricing and then a very high end pricing? We suggest a three-tiered pricing. So if you use our guide, Six Steps to Your Six-Figure Business, or if you end up joining us on our 12-part coaching series later this summer as we launch that, you're going to discover that we actually really just preach hard on having a three-part pricing structure. Three things they can do to do business with you. Number one being the uh, entry level pricing, number two, entry level pricing, which can be free, even it could be like a free lead generator um, and or a very low, low cost entry level product. Then there is the best value, uh, best value second tier product pricing. In that second tier, it is taking you less time to invest in the client or customer. It's more automated. It has a way of generating the most bang for its buck, I guess you can kind of say. You're gonna generate a ton of profit on that middle of the road. You wanna really push that second tier product or service. Once it's created, you shoot that thing out there, or if it's a product-based business that you have some kind of offer there that makes this the best bang for the buck. And then the third tier is very high end. Like this is like the service for us that would require my one-on-one -on -one time, my deep, deep investment into a client in their business. That is a very high cost product or service, right? Like I, it's not entry level. If we're gonna work with my one-on-one -on -one time, it's at the very high end, but where we're really, really pushing our efforts is in that second tier, middle of the road. Again, go to the free PDF, six steps to your six figure business, and we will help you with that three tiered pricing. So the first thing that you need to highlight in regards to your products or services is the pricing structure. Uh, that's going to be pretty important for clarity's sake on behalf of your business, but for those that are looking to invest in your business. The next one is the potential revenue streams. 
So what, how exactly are you going to make money on this thing? Like, is there sales coming through your website? Are you going to list this product or service on Amazon? Are there other places that you are going to be listing your, your services for sale? Are you going to be positioned in a brick and mortar? What do those revenue streams look like? Describe them. The next one is your distribution channels. Like how is your product or service being distributed? So like as a coach, we use platforms, we use Coach Accountable specifically to distribute our services through to our clients and to keep in touch with our clients. You need to talk about the distribution channels for your product or service. Are you going, let's say you have a book that you're selling, are you going to do all of the shipping in-house or are you gonna get listed on Amazon and let Amazon do the majority of the work for you? You also need an outline for product and service launches outline how this is going to look as well as number five, a marketing plan. Those two, I feel like go hand in hand. You need to have an outline for the who, what, when, where, how, and why behind your product or service launch, but then you need to have a marketing plan. So shooting from the hip or just putting things out one time, emailing once a week in somebody's inbox, like those kinds of things are just not going to work. Like you are going to have to be out, 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 out there, like outreaching a lot. And you need a plan for that. Because especially if you're a one man show, like if you are a solopreneur right now, there is a lot of work behind that marketing plan that you are going to be executing on. Okay, execution is like where the magic happens in your business. Self-discipline is the key to make that happen. Okay, like you need to be prepared for your product or service launch. Don't make a plan today to launch a podcast next week. Okay, there is so much more behind that. But you need to make a good strategic plan for your service launch or your product launch, as well as a marketing plan, how you're going to get your products and services out there. Create a timeline of events from creating your products or services to launching and promoting. This will actually demonstrate to the business's progress, as well as what the potential success looks like. And so you don't just need this for you to make good decisions for your business. But if there are people looking to invest in your business, this is where they're getting that information from. Do you have your ducks in a row? That's what they're looking for. That's like probably the the funniest way that I can say that, but it's kind of true. Okay. do Do you have your ducks in a row, right? Very last that you need to include in your executive summary. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and move on from products and services, identify what you can sell. I gave you five things that you can make sure that you highlight in regards to your products or services. There's so much more you can do if you pull up a million page business plan. (laughs) For now, just stick with this, okay? Keeps it very simple and you need to know these things anyway. The very last point on your executive summary that is a very key component, it's a key component, You need to provide a summary of the financial projections, including revenue and expenses and profitability. Highlight key financial indicators such as your gross margins, your net income, your return on your investment. This is actually going to allow you to really look at your profit margins. Like you will, you will see this in business and I hope you have not fallen into this trap yet, but maybe you have. Uh, We actually advocate for our clients to do a product profitability analysis. And the reason we advocate for that is because oftentimes we find that their profit margins are super low and they can't figure out why their business isn't growing. Well, your business can't grow if you have no profit margins, right? You need to go back and optimize your product if you are not making any money. 
But it's not uncommon for business owners to get addicted to that $100 in cash that comes in, but then it costs them $90 turnaround to make that product or service or get it out to the market. So the profit margins are just so slim that there's nothing in between there. There's no cushion that you never really get a chance to grow your business. So this is why it's pretty important to be looking at the financial projections of your business. If you're just starting out, look at the cost of your product. What is it gonna take to make this product? How much is it gonna cost to deliver it to the market? What is it gonna cost to run my business? And include those in your financial projections. What is your anticipated revenue and expenses? And what does your profitability margins look like? Because if you want somebody to ever invest in your business and it's not profitable, I, will tell you they don't want to invest in your business. What if you want to sell your business someday? If you want to sell your business someday, the first thing that a buyer is looking at is that P&L statement and they want to know if you're profitable. If you are not profitable, it's out, right? So highlight these key financial indicators so that investors can discover, first of all, whether or not you are worth investing in, but also, again, so you can make good financial decisions in your business, okay? make sure you highlight these things. If it's relevant, you can also mention funding requirements or previous investments raised and things like that. It depends on if somebody is looking at this for the purpose of investing in you. That's when you would want to make sure that you're mentioning some of these. But honestly, having a good financial projection is going to be helpful, even if you're not looking at selling your business right now. Even if nobody is looking at investing in you right now, this alone is going to help you to make good decisions wise decisions for your business that are actually going to help your business to grow. Also, while you're looking at your financial projections, keep in mind that people are your greatest assets. So don't forget to include the cost of people in these numbers. I know that was kind of like random, uh, but don't forget the cost of people. Like they are your greatest asset. And remember that people are actually an investment into your business, but they will cost you the most. And if you plan to build a team, you need to build those costs. I'm going to say investments. I don't even like to call it a cost. You need to build the ability to invest in people into your profit margins. You need to make sure that that exists right from the get-go, right? Because if you start out at this very low price, then you have to skyrocket your prices so that you can hire people. It's a real turnoff to people. They don't want to pay extra prices so that you can move to a better building so that you can hire people. It, people don't want to invest in that. But if you build that into your profit margins from the get-go, you're going to set yourself up for success. You're going to be ready to hire all of the right people. In this area, you can also introduce the key members of your management team and their relevant experiences and expertise. And if you are just starting your business, make a list of key members that will be needed at some point. I understand you're just starting your business and you're probably not going out there and hiring managers and supervisors and product packagers and marketing agents and sales agents and account managers and project planners, but make a list at least of projected key roles that you know are very likely to be needed as you grow your business. This is gonna allow you to be forward thinking in your business, okay? So highlight their roles and responsibilities in driving the success of your business so that you've identified them right away. Spend some time researching. What is it going to cost to have a good project manager? What is it going to cost to have a sales manager? What is it going to cost to hire a marketing strategist? What is it going to cost to hire a social media manager? What are some of these things going to cost 
so that you can build that in to your profit margins right now. Again, these are not people you have to hire right away. There could be changes that come along the way for your, your pricing structure. What you want to avoid though is changing your price structure every single time a new expense comes up because that looks horrible out in the market. You don't wanna just keep changing your prices because you're trying to pay for things in the business, right? Anticipate those things first. That's what a wise business owner is going to do. All right, let's wrap up, you guys. We covered a lot today in your executive summary. If you end up joining us for our 12-part coaching series, our business accelerator that we'll be launching out this summer, it'll be a pre-recorded coaching session that is going to allow you to jumpstart your six-figure business in 12 weeks. I'm going to walk you through step-by-step, okay? If you're a little lost in this right now, just stay tuned. That's coming out. I know it's affordable for every single one of you. You could be making $0 and it will still be affordable for you. I'm just going to tell you that right up front. In the meantime, if you're struggling with this here, we're going to be walking through that in that 12-part coaching series a little bit slower, but I want you to at least try. I want you to start laying out this executive summary. I want you to go and create a report right now that identifies your target market, that lays out an overview of your business that includes the mission, the vision, the core values, your elevator pitch and your tagline. I want you to spend some time describing your products and services, and I want you to spend even more time on your financial projections so that from this point forward, you are making amazing decisions in your business that is setting you up for long-term growth and sustainability, okay? We're gonna wrap this up. Your business needs clarity and direction. And that's going to come through your executive summary. So once you have written your executive summary, I want you to review it. Look for conciseness. Look for clarity. Look for cohesiveness. Remove jargon or unnecessary details that are not necessary for growing your business, right? Did you get too wordy with it? Did you try to throw too much in there? I want you to simplify this. Ensure that your summary flows smoothly from one section to the next because it is possible that your business summary is going to end up in the hands of other executives, investors, stakeholders. Like proofread this thing for grammar and spelling errors. And it should be available for all of the leadership in your company to understand the business as a whole and what their role is in helping the business to grow. So as an executive business summary should be brief and to the point, range this from like one to three pages. Like don't make this crazy. This is not a 15 page document. It should just provide enough information to generate interest and prompt further engagement while highlighting the key aspects of your business proposal or plan. Through strategic planning every year is when you're really gonna kind of pull from this and create a more detailed report. So when we work with our clients, it's important to us that your executive summary is at the forefront, first of all, of every single decision, that every single leader has access to it, and that it serves as a filter, allowing you to make wise and educated decisions about your business, that it is literally going to set you up for long-term success, okay? Again, if you need help establishing your executive summary, you can go to jumpstartbb.com, click on coaching, on our coaching page, we have a free assessment that you can take that is going to help you to discover areas of your business that are going really well. And it's also going to give you some feedback on some areas that are needing improvement in your business. And let's face it, we all need some improvement somewhere along the lines. When you complete the free business assessment, we will contact you to give you a free 30 minute coaching session. And here's what I know. You will walk out of that free coaching session 
Uh, first of all, not pressured to buy anything because we stand behind that 100%. This is a no pressure call. Uh, we will give you our sales spiel, but there is no pressure to make a decision to do business with us on that call. But what you will walk away with is something that is going to allow you to grow your business, not just by a little bit, but by thousands. We want you to identify thousands of dollars for your business in that free 30 minute session. So don't even delay, like get over to our coaching platform on Jumpstart bb.com complete this business assessment if nothing else it's going to give you a sense of direction as to where to start making the turnaround in your business today hey be sure to follow the podcast leave us a review we would love to hear from you and how we are helping you to generate a plan to grow your six-figure business we're also on google and spotify soon to be on apple you can follow us on facebook and linkedin hey signing off this week your coach deanna it's been a blessing Thank you for tuning into today's session. I am thankful for small business owners just like you that have a heart to change the world with your products and services. For more support in your business ventures, visit jumpstartbb.com. As always, I hope you have identified something that you can implement right away to take your business to the next level. Until next time, signing off, your coach, Deanna.